Hello and welcome to another episode of The Modern Nerd. I am Sir Slice. I am Smerchandise. And I'm GJC. And we are, as always, massive nerds. Now, we have a very somber episode coming to you today. We're going to be doing an in-memoriam. So what it's we're not doing... Be, I mean, somber, sure, no, but it's a, what, it's a celebration of these people more than it is, like, you know, a sad Okay, thing. I might... Okay, good. I was going to... Never mind. Dan got it. Dan's on it. Um, <laughs> here's what we're going to be doing today. Today, it seems like we're... You know, the, the stream is dying. It is not, ladies and gentlemen. I assure you that we are still going. It has been a while, but we have been... We, we are doing more. Today's episode is going to be about some people that... Uh, sadly have passed away in various forms of entertainment, mostly movies, uh, and, and how they have impacted us, impacted their fields, impacted others around them, and some of their body of work. Now, instead of going through a crazy list like I am known to do, we have each picked one person, and we will have a small discussion about them as we go through. So, strap in, because we I'd like to make this a quicker one, but let's be honest, we're going about an hour on this one, you sons of bitches. No, we can go um, fast. Let's go. So, go. We'll shoot for it. I got it. Yeah. We can, we can I got it in me. This. Let's go. So let's introduce who we're talking about. Uh, we'll just say who they are. I have chosen uh, the legend, the the myth, the man, the legend, Stan Lee, uh, because of his contributions, not only to comic books and my childhood, but how he has shaped everything that we are talking about. And the fact that we are even talking here today to you is can in a very roundabout way be tracked back to uh, that that man and his uh, 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 co-creation of so many characters in the 60s. So we will be talking about him, and Dan will be talking about... Robin Williams. I feel he's, like... Because he's fucking Robin <laughs> We've been Williams. dancing around this for a while. <laughs> Dan's been wanting right. to do a Robin Williams podcast since, like, day one, I feel. So I'm so glad he has this chance. Yeah. Yeah, he brought good. this up as an idea, so it was, this is whole show is his idea. It is uh, yeah, uh, full credit. credit where credit is due. Uh, and George shall be talking about Alan Rickman. The the other man. All three of these people are legends in their own rights and have impacted so many people. Uh, in actually, all three of us have in fairly different ways. Yeah, um, they're all kind of different. Despite yeah, the fact two of them being everyone. actors. Yeah, two of them were actors, but they're very different actors. Yeah. But both One's a comedic careers. genius, and the other's a dramatic, you know, amazing, deep voice presence. But it's... still comedic timing of his own, in his way, yeah. because of the... Yeah. Oh, man. Well, before I get into it, but let's... Get into it, man. Get into okay, it. Okay, well, no, I was okay. going to no, say... Wait, wait, that... wait, wait, wait. We're gonna be doing. We're gonna be doing some... We have some semblance of order here this yes. time, so bear with me. So let's start with... Um, fuck it. Uh, I I have in here what they were in. If we want to, does anyone have lists of their their person and their accomplishments and things they have done? Did you make a no, list? I certainly do. But I was thinking of going last personally because this list is so illustrious. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I have a short accolades that I'm going to rattle off here. So, uh, just to begin with, Stanley. Uh. 1922 to the to 2018 uh, was the co-creator of such characters with Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko as his co-creators. Uh, Spider-Man, the X-Men, 
Iron Man, Thor, Hulk, Ant-Man and the Wasp, the Fantastic Four, Black Panther, Daredevil, Doctor Strange, the Scarlet Witch, Black Widow, and more. And the fact that the X-Men is like, he's, he created like the first five or six and then many more after that, but then it expanded into today's chaos that it is. This 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 man has, has co-created many, many people that we all talk about and watch on screens, reading our comic books, television shows, cartoons, everywhere. So he, he has been uh, very active um, in the 70s. He did uh, something which was unique to the comic book industry where he challenged the uh, comic code authority. So what he would did uh, back in the day, anyone who reads comics is in order to get your comic book printed, there was a comic code authority that would go ahead and put this stamp right on the comic book itself and then would say no you can't write about this yes you can write about that no change this so what he did is he released a series of three issues of spider-man where they were not approved by the comic code authority and did it anyway and took the fight and fought them and eventually it changed the way the comic books were written and released and was allowed to have a much broader spectrum those issues were 97 98 and 99 of or 96 97 98 right around there of amazing spider-man where Harry is is dealing with like a, a drug problem, uh, Harry Osborne, and it's very good stuff. I have all three of them original pressings, so it's fantastic. Um, but he changed the way, you know, twice changed the way comic books were perceived. And because and, superheroes did not really, they were not big uh, before that. You had Batman and you had Superman, but it kind of took a decline in the in the in the 50s. Uh, into more of like westerns and sci-fi and romance comics and it really wasn't that big and then you know you've got spider-man and and as we all know you've probably heard him talk about this story he was writing and he created the fantastic four first they were the first ones and they did great and he was having another idea he's like hey let's make this this kid who is bitten by a spider and he's a teenager and he has to go to school and and you know he's a nerd and he's awkward and his editor was like are you out of your fucking mind like that is the worst sounding character i've ever heard superheroes are adults teenagers are sidekicks like I, we're not gonna do this and so then they had this book called amazing fantasy and it was coming to an end and stan was like screw it you know i'm gonna put spider-man in this book and they sell it and it was one of their best books of the year and they were like and then his editor came back hey you remember how you had that great idea about doing spider-man let's go ahead and do that and it's like his editor was like hey remember that character week we came yeah. up with is what yeah, he said it was, it was ridiculous so, yeah. so so you know it goes to show that uh no matter what you're doing uh, whatever idea you have go with it just because one person doesn't like it doesn't mean it's not good it's your idea. Run with it. Run. Tell your story. Write. You draw your your comics. Draw your paintings. Write your your books. You know. Uh, play your music. Do what you got to do. Put your art into the world. That was his message and motto, and that was what he did and dedicated his life to. And and you know he's not without controversy like any other human being. He he. You know there were some publishing issues and rights issues and this that and the other that he was battling between. You know, some issues with his daughter and like issues with other people and for a while he was the sole creator and then the co-creator but everybody's gotten their due everybody's getting their paychecks now and so it's kind of moving on and you know business was different in the 70s and 80s but uh yeah he, he's done a lot of stuff that really influenced 
me directly and and changed the direction of my life because as a kid i watched uh, you know cartoons and then my dad would bring me home wolverine comic books every every week or so and he would go and get the back issues so every week he could bring home a new one whereas it, it comic books are monthly so if he brought the same sequential comic every week something was wrong but it was all back issues so i have all of those comics that that my dad gave me and and, and they really shaped and changed, you know, the way I perceive life and the way I uh, uh, dive into fantasy and, and superheroes. So, Stanley has has been a part of me. He'll he'll be a part of us. You know, he'll be a part of this this show. This is not the last time we will talk about Stan, uh, because without him, we we wouldn't be doing this this show. Granted, we go off topic and talk about other things, but this is this is all stems from that man's contribution to the world. That's my story and i'm sticking to it stole from saturday night live right there oh as he would say excelsior excelsior and that's the the new york state motto excelsior. well i'm yeah. glad you're i'm glad you're giving a tribute to him tim and i could think of no better person to do so uh i wish i had i wish i had more to contribute um i it's i'm not I am a slightly apologetic non-comic book reader, um, but I would be a fool if I didn't acknowledge where all these awesome characters come from. And they came from more or less, I'm, you know, Jack Kirby as well, uh, the mind of this man. And that's crazy when you really think about it. And you think about all the inspiration they've drummed up and uh, how, how cool it, it is to see these things that only lived on the page or in his mind or in others' minds play out on the screen. And uh, it's been pretty awesome. And I can't even imagine for a second what life would be like without all of that. So to Stan the man. The man. Gio, you got anything about Stan or? He was on? in Big Hero 6. And that was one of the best cameos ever. Thanks, George. Who was he in Big Hero 6? And you I call yourself a Stan Lee fan. Oh, he was first. He I was, wear it front, then I wear it back, then I turn it yeah, inside was... out, and I go front and back. Ugh. Come on, that yeah. was actually that was actually a big deal because that was the first time he like kind of played a superhero, uh, in you know that besides the Watcher, like, and that's kind of cool. And it was a nice little tribute to him, what? I think. He didn't play a superhero. He, yeah, he was the retired superhero that his son was like. Be like inheriting equipment from the post credit scene, dude. You gotta rewatch that. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh my god, I haven't watched the end credits. I always assume they ended. Yeah. Yeah. First they were uh, front. Pretty cool. Then they were back. <laughs> then I go front. Hmm. Oh my god. God. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. He's had a lot of cameos, a lot, and not just mm -hmm. like one of my favorites was. Well, he's still. Uh, I think he's Mall still Rats in the cameo. Mall. He's in still more Marvel films than any other Marvel like, person. Wait, well, oh, his mall, oh, his Mallrats cameo was kind of like the he climax like, of that, wasn't it? Like, yeah, where it was he like, like the, yeah. a culmination of the whole story and like okay. him giving say it was like a scene. It wasn't just yeah. like 
a cameo or where in in Marvel where you see it, which I thought was funny because in the Marvel universe, Mallrats exists. Therefore, Kevin Smith exists in the MCU because you have that scene on on Captain Marvel where he's on the bus reading the script for Mallrats. Right. It's right, right, right. Yeah. Oh and and, and I thought it was funny. I just love that part of that scene ends with uh, what is this Brody Lee or or no the other guy. Um, one of them's just like so when you did the thing is everything made from rock like does he like <laughs> oh it's gotta like, ask oh, about you, the genitalia yeah yeah you're like age-old questions you know <laughs> does he have a rock penis oh no that's uh um, where we're I, all one no i don't know one of my the, what my first memory of stan lee is the old i think uncanny x-men vhs tape where he like introduces the x-men and it's got it's oh my God. it's got Kitty Pride in it. Yeah, it's like wait, right? Where she was like, like the welcome true believers. Yeah, and he, talk, he does and the he, whole intro for X Men the cartoon. I remember watching. They only that. made one thing of that, and then that was it. I I remember that. I also remember watching uh, when it was like a Spider Man like, but with Firestar and. Uh, oh, yeah, and Iceman, Spider-Man. And, and, and he was Spider-Man friends or whatever. Yeah, that's yeah, like Disney and he's, Plus. Like, he's like, he's like, Iceman, Spider-Man, Firestar, all together. And yeah, <laughs> and it was that's a decent family. He, he used to do a lot of like, he did a lot of intros for the cartoons back in the day. It was, like, that was for me, a, it was personally pretty awesome to see someone who wasn't under the age of like 12 to be excited about like these comic book characters. And I always was like, I always thought that was really cool. And the fact that he, you know, I didn't fully comprehend that he was the guy who created them, which would have been cooler at that time. But um, it was really cool to see that. And I've always really appreciated had, that. The I Kitty mean, Pride had like, that X-Men song that was like, X-Men, X-Men saves the day. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't my remember God. that. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't remember that at all. I, I don't remember one X-Men song. Yeah. Anyways. And it's crazy. I was, I was looking at some of his page here, and he's like an executive producer on like, every single thing that has to do with marvel comic books pretty awesome and and and, and he was an, he was an editor uh in for marvel at some point uh in the 80s uh and then 90s or 80s he he tried to dive into video in the 80s and it did mm. not go well the the stuff mm. they put out then you know you got like that captain america movie that they made where he's wearing like a fucking helmet and you're like oh only successful thing is italian <laughs> Yeah, it was weird. That, that was <laughs> oh, not man. great. But it's better than the 90s when you had uh, David Hasselhoff as Nick Fury. David Hasselhoff. That was, that was not David great. David Hasselhoff. David Hasselhoff. But yeah, if if anyone gets a chance, uh, there's, um, there's what are they called? They're, Mar- they're Marvel Essentials is what they do, is they release these books, and it's like the first, like, 60 issues or something of maybe less of of like spider-man the avengers and you know like daredevil and all these characters and you can get them and they're reprints they're 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 all on like new paper and everything like that but it's like this thick you can go and buy them for like 30 bucks and you can read all the original stan lee's steve dicko art and kirby art and you know all these old 60s and 70s comics so if you're ever interested in doing that they all are readily available you can get them uh, everywhere you can get the Marvel Unlimited app and, and read your comic books on there, you know. So go check out some of the old stuff. 
some of it is good. There, there is some some solid writing. Take it with a grain of salt because you know they they use words that we don't. Just not bad words, but just like nobody speaks like this anymore. You know, like think about the the times, and it's all like kind of campy. But it's it, you get some classic classic stories uh, from from Stan and uh, and Stephen and. and uh, Jack, so good stuff. Uh, definitely praises to that man, and it, 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 it his uh, his death definitely hit me when he passed away. Like when most celebrities or actors, actresses, and people like that pass away, it doesn't really hit me. I'm like I'm sad, you know, general sadness. There's a death in the world that's never happy, um, but you know, like that 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 one kind of really kind of stuck with me uh, because it was you know something that I've. I've always loved seeing his little cameos. I, I got to see him at a convention. Weirdly, he was shaking hands with Jerry the King Lawler. So, like, I got a picture of that somewhere. And it's just That's like, cool. you know, so I didn't, I didn't get to meet him, but I saw him walking by. I was 20 feet from the man. You know, like, it was surreal. I think you were there. Um, one of you two was there, maybe. I, I when, or one of the earlier conventions. Maybe I was with Joe. I don't know. But it was, it was cool. I never got a chance to like meet him and have him sign anything because I have some old Spider-Man that were written by him. So you know, crazy times, crazy times. So yeah, that is Stanley to me, uh, and, and and the industry. That's all. That's all I need to say about him. We're done. Let's move on to uh, George. Uh, we're gonna talk about Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. Alan what was Rickman. it? Yeah, he's. I think my earliest memory of a film that I saw Alan Rickman in has to be Die Hard. That's the. I'm trying to think. Credit. Yeah, that ha that has to be the oldest. Like, but he's been in other things before that, and he was a Shakespearean trained actor. So I yeah. mean, he, he's that been was his an first actor for, movie. That was his first movie that he. I think he was credited for, and then he. But he'd been a stage actor, and he'd been doing Shakespeare, and he's classically trained, and he's this very. I think like what's interesting about it is like. And when we get to like Smirches, you know, which is Robin Williams, is like they're both, they both kind kind of come from similar backgrounds in the way because you know Robin Williams also trained at Juilliard, so it's like, but different paths as like actors and as like as kind of performers in in general. Um, he's also been, I think, probably famously like for most people, I think the most famous thing he's been in is Harry Potter. Severus Snape um but because he was in such a huge ensemble I don't feel like his character really really in the middle for a few of those films like he was barely there I feel like and it wasn't towards it was maybe in the beginning he had more of a hot part and then towards the end of the series obviously he had more of a part and I think to this day most people will when they think of that character they'll his mind is, you know, he's the, the person that comes to mind. Um, but I, he's also had some different parts and things like Love Actually. And I think, I would say for me personally, the one that impacted me more than anything was obviously Galaxy Quest. Um, we were talking about this yesterday was we were prepping for this show that if you were like, if you were a fan of that movie, you should watch the Amazon Prime special on it. Um, which does a really good oh, job man. of talking about Alan 
Alan when he was working on the film. And it, it just, they share, there's a good portion of it where they're just sharing stories of him. Um, and you could tell how, um, I think the heart of that movie in many ways was him and his, and the relationship that he had with like Tim Allen's character and the relationship he has as an actor in general. Um, and we talk about this, like me and Smirch and Tim, we, we joke about this and not just like the, uh, in acting, but in the industry, entertainment industry in general, is that like, whether you're a performer in the WWE or you're an actor or you're a musician, and this goes back to what Tim was saying, is like putting your art out there. Committing is like the biggest thing. And Alan Rickman is like, man, commits. And maybe it's because of his like classical training and like all the background that he has and the fact that he takes acting so seriously as a professional, like that commitment, I think um, puts him like kind of a head, like almost to a point where he's like a step above a, like the other people who are actors. And maybe that's also his personality to a certain extent. People will talk about like, he almost is like a real life service Snape, a little bit sardonic, a little bit cut, you know, that English like dry, like kind of, you know, a little bit short, like a little better than you kind of, you know, like, like personality on the outside but on the inside that's not who he is and that's by all accounts from his fellow actors and people who've been performing with him people the kids from harry potter like all of them have nothing but like great stories to tell about like truth is he's like you know it's like it's a it's a rough outer shell but on the inside he's like one of the most caring people you know and and you can just you can tell that about him honestly it's it's a lot of it is just a front you know and I think I'm just going to steal one story from like the Amazon special is with Justin Long. Justin Long said that he had an opportunity almost to be in the same play with Alan. They were doing the same show, but with different cast kind of, and there was a chance for him to maybe uh, come on the show a bit earlier and actually perform with Alan, but he didn't, he passed on the opportunity. So when Justin Long showed up into his dressing room, there was like a card there and from Alan, and there were some sappy things, but it opened up with "fuck you," <laughs> and that was that was that. I think is like that's that. I feel like is Alan Rickman, right? He's like he's like I'm so much better, and that also describes the Tim Allen relationship too, which everyone just should watch because they they go into how Tim is a you know just a complete goofball and like trying just to imagine having to work with a Tim Allen or even a Robin Williams, very similar type of personality, just a hundred like always at a hundred, always trying to make people laugh, even when the camera's not on, even though they're supposed to be doing work, you know, just, you know, Sigourney Weaver would have to like pull him back. But you know, Alan Rickman's just like, I'm, I'm a professional. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna like, I'm a professional. I, you, I was on, you know, and his character in Galaxy Quest in many ways was Alan Rickman because, you know, he was a Shakespearean trained actor. He was King Lear. He was, he was, he performed on the greatest stages of all Shakespeare, like the actors dream of, but now he's, he's, he's with Tim Allen. <laughs> like, it's like, <laughs> this is where his career has come. And he's like, that's, that's just his personality through the whole entire cre like mm. filming of Galaxy Quest. So in his <laughs> passing, of course, you know, he passed to, uh, I think I believe it was pancreatic cancer, which is, oh, that's what I, I think, I believe that's what took Alex Trebek as well. Um, somebody else who was mm. very influential, um, but it, it just fucking sucks. Um, I, I remember hearing about it. Uh, and that's the thing is, is he was, rel you know, he, he was still seemed like he was relatively young and he could have gone on. And he actually... By all accounts, I think he was still 
after he was diagnosed, he was still, you know, like traveling a bit and seeing people. So that's, you know, he got his time to, I guess, spend time with people before he passed. But I think, I don't know, uh, as far as like his impact for the industry, like I said, I think he affected so many people who came after him. And like, it's interesting to see young actors come into the industry because they're often looking for guidance and when you come up against someone who's like an Alan Rickman, I think you see the way that he takes the job seriously and his level of professionalism is something I think people new to the industry like then pick up themselves by being around that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like professional actors create more professional actors, you know, and then they understand, well, this like Alan is like, this is our share time. It's important. I take, I respect it and I'm not going to waste it because we're here to do a job, you know? And then into a level, I, I, I kind of, I think that's admirable. And I think that teaches a lot of the younger generation to take the job seriously as well as actors. Mm. It's not to say you can't have fun, but, you know, he was there five minutes early. Alan was there. Tim Allen was there <laughs> like 15 minutes late. You know, that's, that's the difference, you know, like, so I don't know. If I, he showed I, up I, at all. Yeah, if, if he showed up at all. But yeah. I think that's great because that teaches people like, you know, Emma Watson and and Justin Long and all those other people that you know younger generations that he worked with to to, to take it seriously, you know. And I yeah. I think it's very admirable. Other than that, um, I think that's about it. That's all I have to say about Alan Rickman. Well said. Well said. Um, you've reached Alan Rickman's Alan voice Rickman. name. Please leave yes. a message. He's, oh yes. Hello, this is, this is Alan, Alan Rickman, Rickman calling for Alan, Alan Rickman. Remind <laughs> Alan. Uh, also, he was also in uh, Robin Hood. I forgot my favorite. My favorite lines in Robin Hood. Oh. I said this yesterday in Robin Hood was uh, the part he played the sheriff of Nottingham, and there's that one part where they're like, his cousin's like, "Why with a spoon, cousin?" And it's like, "So, oh, you idiot!" It was about like cutting him open with a spoon instead of a. A knife and that was a, that was an amazing Alan Rickman impression, George. I've never, I've never <laughs> heard better. Um, I mean, he was in he was in Dogma. He was in Dogma was kind of a f weird character because he didn't have any genitalia. <laughs> but it was I mean, good. Like was he character. committed. That's what you're talking that about. Commitment, like, he, dude. He... Commitment every single time. No. And maybe it's because of his sardonic way that like makes him so funny it's because he's so serious like but also like honestly dogma is probably one of the more well-written you know kevin smith movies oh, my favorite. there are but like the, the the topic and the subject and like the way you can insert like he Alanis did Morissette. he brought so much to that little to that role even though it wasn't like a massive role you know he wasn't in it the whole time so he commits every he commits. single time that he's in commits, it commits dude he was in Sweeney Todd. I loved him in that. I thought he was fantastic. I mean, I'm a fan of the movie. Not everybody is, and I respect that. So, I mean, the man... Obviously. Cerberus, Cerberus Snape alone... Obviously. 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 That, that character alone has reached obviously. so many people. And, Mr. you know, Potter. I feel they did it justice in the end. A fairly good justice when you find out, you know, in, in the movies that uh he was actually on the right side and you know Which you always lily and yeah but like you know like that moment in the movie really like 
was really impactful and they did it very well and then when he passed like the potter community and like everybody like came together and like they had like you know the always because that was what he said about you know lily if he loved her and like it was it just when you see that you're just like oh my god like that's that hurts you know and but it's it was the love that man had and created in this world will be felt for a very long time. So, you know. Yeah, per- perfect casting and somehow an, a more perfect execution than, I mean, I don't, I, you know, there are a few characters in the Harry Potter movies that really, and actors, I should say, that really encapsulate their character. And he was I would say Umbridge is one of them. And, but like, it's. McGonagall is probably the other one. Sure. Uh, I mean, I, you know, but to me, they all kind of pale in comparison. Like Alan Rickman yeah. was Severus Snape. And it was it was perfect casting because he could be bad, but he was just a, just just the right amount of likable to keep you questioning his true loyalty throughout. Yeah. And he portrayed that as such throughout the entire. And oh man, he was so good. And uh, it. Um, I'm really grateful for him and his performances, and and I mean, Galaxy Quest. Oh my God, what a what a movie! What a performance from him. I I will. It's top like top twenty, maybe top ten movie quotes that really tug like that that give me goosebumps. By Grabathar's hammer, you shall be avenged. Watch, watch the special. I, the it's a little yeah. It's a little. It's a little like it's it's so it's kind of cheesy, but it has so much weight to it and mm-hmm. uh, uh props to the other actor in that scene uh with him um it was it's a very powerful moment and one i'll never forget mm-hmm. um one of my favorite scenes in harry potter with him is actually he doesn't even say a line it's the part where the they're at study hall and it's the fourth year and harry and uh, ron are trying to figure out like last minute who they're going to ask the ball and it's just like him constantly hitting them with books as they're talking during study hall but he doesn't say a single line like and then at the very end he's like and like push shoves both their heads he rolls up his sleeve yeah, he's and like he just... <clears throat> and they're like uh, he doesn't even it's... say a single line it's amazing now i'm he... gonna watch potter i you know for, for as serious as dramatic actor as he could be he was just as good as the comedic ass. Yeah, what is it? That's and amazing. Not so many people were. He was, and like, and you were. It's a different you spectrum. Knew he comedy. could, but when he did something funny, it was so funny. Like, because he just got it, and that it's not something you find in all these dramatic actors. And he, mm-hmm. God, he was good. Mm. He was perfect for that role. He, he brought a sense of realism to comedy. You know, like there's a lot of, and we'll get into comedic actors in a moment here, but like when he would do something funny like it it was in a normal situation it was something that you felt could really happen he he said it in a way that was like oh i that sounds like something i've had a conversation with you know that was it it, it wasn't like a forced kind of moment where he was trying trying to make things funny it just sort of the situation the way he it was you know i don't know if i'm saying it correctly but like there's Things that are written, there's jokes, and then there's funny things. And he was good at the funny things. He may not tell jokes and and get in on like limericks and tell crazy stories in in his roles, but he he's in these funny situations and has that 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 somberness to make you know that 
that little one word conversation be great and you did and you didn't get the role or the 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 teaching part obviously, obviously. like it just it just like, it was funny but like also obviously. impactful like it was good and even like those little lines where it's like he has to like just randomly take a jab at Harry whenever there's a chance. He just like he just adds that little extra, extra little twist every time he has to do, you know, like and you're just like, God if God, like ugh. like you knew teachers like that, you know. So anyways. I think we're good, right? It's uh, definitely has a lighter side to it when you realize what yeah. you know, where his head was at. Where his head, yeah, exactly. But, it makes a lot yeah. more sense later on watching it back. Yeah. We're definitely um, gonna do a Harry Potter episode for sure. Um, so stay yeah. tuned for that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll go oh, through boy. everything, I guess. The the well, new game is coming out. Anyways, uh, smirch. Bring the shit out of that one. Oh man, I'm not ready. Um, he wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't ready. ready. He didn't uh, do his book report. <laughs> no, I mean I am like it's like I'm that I'm that kid who I'm the overachieving kid right now who's so ready. But he's just freaking out because he really wants to do a good job. Um, all right, let's, let's fuck it all up. Here we go. <laughs> I've always, I've wanted, this has literally been like, this right here is like one of my, been one of my main objectives is to pay tribute uh, to Robin Williams. Um, <laughs> it should be, this, like, this should be just I, an episode in itself. <laughs> maybe, but I'm, I'm, I was really glad to hear your guys' take on, on, on your choices because if, uh, you know, also if it was just a one about Robin Williams, I feel like I'd be bogarting the cast too much. So this is good, you know, um, working our way up to it. Um, Robin Williams. Okay. Uh, I don't even know where to begin. I probably What's the first been? real, I mean, okay. So he's been, I mean, he's been in a lot. He's got, what do you remember I'll be honest. Yeah. I'll be honest. Not a lot of his IMDb page. Are, there's not a lot of, there's a, few misses there more than a few um but it's it, that doesn't matter because he i I, can't, I just keep saying he's robin williams because it's hard to, as billy crystal said it's really weird still eight years later weird and hard to say refer to him uh in in the past tense because he was just such a constant uh, presence and when you know Robin Williams is a part of something, you literally like, oh my god, all right, like here we go. Uh, Dave Letterman constantly, you know, when well, not constantly, when he when he passed, Dave Letterman talked about how you know when there were a bunch of comics up and coming, uh, you know, they got on the, you know, he would get on stage, and they all sort of went, ah, oh, fuck, <laughs> this guy's ridiculous, and uh, it's he never really slowed down. He's always had a very, albeit like borderline, like like in, insane kind of energy, but it's it's all to make people laugh. And when you learn about how how like behind the scenes, how you know he struggled with addiction and he struggled with depression, and, and how like sad he was behind the scenes to, for someone to oh man, I'm gonna, for someone to um. For someone to be that sad and to want to like create that much happiness in the world was always a, like a beautiful thing for me, and I always loved him for that. I always felt like 
I was going to meet him somehow. I don't even know how or when if that I didn't, I didn't really think it, but it's like something I just felt like in my soul because I felt like I knew him and I just I felt like we would vibe. I feel like we could like play off each other and you know, I would do my like shitty impersonations and he would do his like amazing impersonations and <laughs> I don't know. Uh and <laughs> I mean, I remember first when I first Probably the first Robin Williams experience for me was uh, was uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, and I was my dad was like working somewhere like in Florida, and I was like I had like my mom had to help him, so I was just in the hotel room for like the better part of a day, and I watched Mrs. Doubtfire like, six times in a row. <laughs> As one and I, just, and I just kept I, I kept quoting it to my family, and they were so annoyed with me. I'd be like, "Hey." And it's that movie was in a like kind of like a weirdly perfect way was like the perfect introduction for me to him because that he's it's about him as like a voice actor, you know, and obviously he's much more than that and he became much more than that, but that's like was one of his greatest talents. And he basically was just Robin Williams and up like and you know, when he was performing those voices or when at the end when he's doing the stuff with the dinosaurs and he just they just you know, it's just kind of like let him off the leash. Let's see what happens. You know, we don't know what he's going to do. He's going to bust out one of his like 3000 impersonations. We're probably going to hear some Jack Nicholson. We're probably going to hear some, some Clint Eastwood, you know, and <laughs> you never knew what he was going to do. And that made, it, it was just so exciting whenever you saw, I mean, obviously his, his movies, Dead Poet Society, Hook, Goodwill Hunting, Patch Adams, Aladdin, Jumanji. Jumanji, I loved as a kid. The Birdcage. Uh, the Birdcage. Oh. <laughs> you know, and they're just, every time you're like, here we go. And it's weird because he was such a dynamo uh, everywhere else he appeared that, that when he did these movies, he was so committed you know kind of you know not too dissimilar from sir alan rickman to his role to his role and when you think about how like you know i just picture him kind of like just going and going dab -dab 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 -dab, like behind the scenes and then you know and then like sitting down to act like winning an academy award in goodwill hunting um you know there's so many behind the scenes stories you hear about him, like goodwill hunting about the story about his wife farting is just like a real story he just kind of told and it's just him and matt damon laughing and that was like one of the best oh, scenes amazing. in the movie and you, you like just watching behind the scenes footage of him doing voice work on aladdin and then just cutting to people's reaction like is this man human? We just heard like <laughs> like ten different voices come out of this man in two minutes, <laughs> and it's just he's just going. He's always been, he's always been that way, and it's uh, I, it's it's so great to whenever he would show up on like I don't know like an episode of Who's Line. Still to this day, one of my favorites because it's you know he's great. <laughs> It's just so funny, dude. He just can't, he can't stop. Live on Broadway, they just unleashed the beast, and he just went still to this day. God. One of my favorite stand-ups of all time. So I can't believe it. You know, by the end of it, the man looked like he'd, like, stepped out of a swimming pool. <laughs> he was dripping so, with sweat. So sweet. Um, and uh, it's it's so great. It's It's kind of amazing how this guy could be the way that he is. And... Uh, it, and caused so much laughter and put on such amazing performances. And Patch Adams kind of personified that for me, like a, like a man who was like in pain on the inside, but still 
loved making people laugh, loved making people happy. And I, I loved that. I, God, you, you just, what an inspiration. Like, how, how, how you know, uh, anyone else, I don't know, might take it out on the people around them, but he didn't. He, he, stayed, he stayed funny um, till the day that he died. And I, uh, God, I could go on. It's too, it's too much to say when we're wrapping things up. I could literally could go on for another hour or two. Um, yeah. Just like conversations, like some, like if you just want some good, like and the, him and Craig Ferguson have some of the best interviews on television. They play off each other. Like it's almost kind of this very different styles of like delivery and comedy, but they just have such a great time and it's such a fun to watch. And I mean, I don't even know which performance is my favorite. They all have such heart in them. Uh, and so every, every one of these movies is a moment where you, you're so grateful that he's so committed and it brings, that brings you into the movie. Oh, captain, my captain, you know, uh, hook, thank you for believing, uh, you know, uh, Aladdin, you know, like, oh my god, Genie, you're free. free! Oh my god, dude! And, Genie, you're free! Um, I'm out of here. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I love him, and his death. Uh... Death really hit me hard. Oh, it's, 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 it's still. <laughs> It's okay. It's, uh, it still hits me hard. Like I, it's. It felt like I lost a family member. You know, it was, it was weird. And uh, I'll just wrap it up. Um, I had a uh, a real hard time with it when it was all happening, and I couldn't even like in documentary had come out. Like I couldn't even watch anything he was in. You know, it was just it was too. It was like. I like wasn't ready. And then I was away at work uh, somewhere and out of nowhere, Night at the Museum 3 comes on. <laughs> wasn't in a rush to see that. I'm not going to lie anyway. But it was like sure. the ending. And it was like right when he had said goodbye to everyone. And he's saying goodbye to Teddy Roosevelt, played by, played by Sir Robin Williams. And, you know, I was having, I was in a really dark time in my life uh, uh, on top of everything. And, you know, Ben Stiller said, I have no idea what I'm going to do tomorrow. And Robin, as Teddy Roosevelt says, how oh, exciting. Hmm. And that was, I, lo- I love that. And so, to you, Robin, thank you. Um, I, I have one final quote that Billy Crystal said uh, when he passed at the Oscars. He says, for almost 40 years, he was the brightest star in a comedy galaxy. But while some of the brightest of our celestial bodies are actually extinct, their energy long since cooled, but miraculously, because they float in the heavens so far away from us now, their beautiful light will continue to shine on us forever. The glow will be so bright, it'll warm your heart, it'll make your eyes glisten, and you'll think to yourself, Robin Williams, what a concept. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Ooh. Good. You made yep. it. Good job. I did you it. Made it. it was uh, good. I kind oh, of felt no. like Robin Williams part of that, just kind of like barely like staying upright and almost falling over at times. I have one question for yeah. you, Dan. What was your favorite part of Popeye? 
Fuck you. <laughs> that was if it, 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 uh, Doubtfire was my first, also uh, Robin Williams uh, introduction as well, uh, and what an introduction to that man. Uh, right. Now knowing what you know. And like you know, his struggle and everything, and to see you know, rewatch the movie after his passing, and and it's about a, a, a you know, a guy trying to uh, struggling to try and keep his family together and everything, and and he had that real struggle in real life too, and so right. you know, it, it it hits a lot different. Um, but one of my earliest is randomly also Popeye. Like I'm not even kidding you. I saw that movie when I was a kid, and it was it, it was Popeye. I was like, "This is crazy!" You know, Charles and, encapsulating like, a cartoon character. He did a fantastic yeah, job. You know, I mean, the movie was what it was. Let's be honest. Yeah. But yeah. Um, you know, it's one of those misses. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, we can, they can't all be Flubber, so it's okay. Um, Flubber. He. Weebo. You know, everybody remembers him for. Everybody talks about his comedy. Actually, now everybody talks about everything he's done. But for a long time, everybody talked about like his comedy and like what he's done in that genre and what he brought to the table and how he, you know, revolutionized and changed things because of his ideas and performances. And that shows that you can be and do anything you want on stage and it can be crazy and over the top and you can still be funny. And like, you know, it doesn't have to all just be, you know, one liners and jokes. But then you've got the things like, you know, uh, um, Dead Poets Society and Goodwill Hunting, Patch Adams. I don't know if anyone's seen Toys, but that's a weird fucking movie. And like to see his performance in it is different. You know, it's not something you think of when you think of Robin Williams. And, you know, so uh, that was those are moments that 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 we love uh, to see uh, people do encompass everything, not just. Uh, staying in a lane, you know, someone breaking the mold and, and proving you can do everything and do anything you want. And that was Robin. That's what he wanted to do. He wanted to, you know, he wanted to entertain. And, and it was always, it was never for him. It was always for you. It was always for us. And, and that was something I loved. And if you want to talk about crazy, weird moments, I know you're not a huge Friends fan, but him and Billy Crystal had a cameo in a scene. And it was just... Just the scene, it just, you could see that it kind of just went off the rails because that was entirely ad-libbed and you're just kind of like, what just happened? Like, I don't, Robin Williams and Billy Crystal just came in and had this weird Eastern European conversation and I don't know what's going on. And that is so Robin, you know, and it's so, I mean, Billy too, but like to be able to just do something so outrageous and ridiculous and it, it works first it shouldn't it really shouldn't work but it does and it's it's fantastic to, what, to see what, a, like that. what a duo those two were I, what a, icons. What a, like, I like like icons almost it doesn't seem like their styles of comedy should mesh but they just they just do and he just billy said he could put robin in any situation and he, it, he something would just he just would say something really funny you know he, they were talking about baseball he's like do you know like do you like uh do you like any baseball team he goes yes the san francisco's <laughs> that's my favorite team or he'd say what like it's something about came up like he pretended to be he was russian he's like well how's baseball in russia he's like well we only have one team the reds <laughs> god <laughs> and she just and that was all the way in the span of like a few seconds he he, yeah. he could make anything funny and you just you knew you were gonna laugh 
and you were never let down. You were never like, oh, he wasn't that funny. Like it was, uh, he's always, always was. Did you know he was yeah. a Chicagoan? Yes. I didn't remember. I, I didn't realize that. I don't that. think I knew that. I, th- it, I thought it, he, he was born in Chicago. I don't know if he was raised oh. in Chicago. Okay. He was, he was born in Chicago. He, okay. I, didn't I, I was going to say one of the interesting things that I, I love, and this is about people, how it affected the industry, is actually like one of the most greatest stories is he was roommates in Juilliard with Christopher Reeves. And they mm-hmm. had like a lifelong yeah. friendship, and it was the right. most strangest. It was the strangest of like friendships. And can you imagine like going to school with Robin Williams at art school, and you're just like, what the, f-? like, Christopher Reeves, no. who's like, you know, six foot whatever, Superman, stoic, and then his his goofy sidekick roommate robin williams and you're like oh god it's these two like you're like here comes robin oh man I'm like you're just like it's a, and then he he would get on stage and he would like act a, and then everybody in class would be like what the fuck like what the hell like he just this little little sidekick guy who was you know who you yeah. didn't think much of suddenly would just steal the fucking show and you everyone in class was just like god damn it now i gotta follow him like, who is this like short hairy sidekick to I know to like to, to this like Greek He's god hairy. of a chiseled man you know and and he Christopher Reeves chiseled. Christopher Reeves talked about not there was a story about how after Chris's like accident Robin went to visit him but as a doctor with a mask and did this whole bit and and you know Chris, you, there was a moment where Chris, you know, he comes in and Chris doesn't realize what's going on. And then like, you see the twinkle in his eye when he realizes that's Robin Williams and how it changed and how it just turned like the recovery process around for Chris kind of in a way, because it's just like, there was his friend and there was just Robin again. That's his roommate. That's his bus buddy from college. And it, it, it I think it, from what it sounded like it, it impacted the whole entire outlook of Chris's, you know, recovery after the accident. So I, I just little, little stories like that and how his relationship with other people in the industry, just they're gems. They're just absolute gems. So many, there's so many nice stories of things like the thing about how he insisted that uh, multiple homeless people be hired on almost every movie he worked on uh, was like, I mean, come on, like, holy crap, people don't do that. You know, uh, and the humanity in him, you know, sometimes you kind of would think, oh, maybe he just wants to make, you know, the audience laugh or everything he cares about, you know, uh, or the, you know, the, the higher ups. No, man, he was literally, you know, like hiring homeless people so they could have something. Uh, and he, that was, an, that was, an, there was a non-negotiable, you know, the, the stories of Jumanji, uh, you know, the ki- the poor kid who had to wear the, you know, that who had to wear the makeup for how, how many hours a day. And him, you know, they wanted to keep, yeah. And there was like, they were going where they were, they were on set for way too long. And Robin stepped in and was like, this is enough. Let's let the kids go home. Let's let them take the makeup off. Uh, You know, and I don't know. I could go on. Yeah. Um, It's, uh, it's a little bit, it's a little bit darker without him, but his light is going to continue to shine. And uh, I am grateful for that and for him i will i think it's go it goes for all three all three of them yeah all of them indeed indeed yeah i will say i will say this i can kind of remember where i was for alan rickman and stan lee um unfortunately i remember exactly where i was 
when Robin Williams passed away, and that was um, with you two uh, at Six Flags Great America celebrating George's birthday in the middle of the summer in August, just like a couple weeks I was in town or, or before I left. I don't remember. But uh, um, he... I think it rained that day. No, it did not rain. It was like 85 degrees and was sunny. It? Oh, and it was that... Oh, it was, it, was we were in line for like was, three hours for the... Yeah, we were... I think we were in for line for like... Uh, yeah. Because it was supposed Goliath. to be only like an hour and then it like broke down and then we waited an yeah. extra two hours. <laughs> yeah, it was... It was... It was absolutely bonkers. Uh, but... We we you got real upset uh, when it happened and and uh, you did great though because you know we we you you compartmentalized it hit you but then you're like we're doing this we're here and we made it through the rest of the day and and it was it was in it was intense. I don't even remember that. Moment. I probably really shoved it blocked down it out. because that's, I really that's didn't want to. Yeah, I don't oh. think I remember that I, either. I must have blocked it. I remember. Out too. I just remember being like really hot and like. I was having a good time, but like semi miserable because we're, you know, nine, almost 90 degrees standing in line for a fucking roller coaster for three hours. Like oh, it was no. August 11th, 2014, if you're wondering. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was like two weeks before your birthday, George. So it was pretty and after your birthday. Wait, when's your birthday? July. Yeah, I was gonna say it was just after. I don't know why we did it so late that summer. But anyway, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So those, those, those are our, our, wow, that was difficult. Those are the people that we chose that had an impact on us. And there are so many more people in these industries that have impacted us in many ways who are all, some have passed and, and some have, are still with us um, and can continue impacting us even, even you know, after their passing. So if there's people that you, uh, uh, our viewers have, had an impact on your life. If there's people you wanted to talk about, feel free. Leave a leave a comment. Um, you know, share your story. Uh, share their story. You know, to, you know, they live on through us and their their medium, obviously. But our memories will always shape who they are and, and were to us. So let us know. We'd love to hear it. Um, we could talk about more people, but uh, uh, for the sake of emotions, we are going to you know we're going to call this one. Uh, 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 a success. This was a, this was a, a wonderful episode, very cathartic. We all got to kind of talk about some people that really we loved um, and, and influenced us. So who influenced you? We want to know. I do. I know I do. I love hearing people's stories and, and how they were impacted by different people. So let us know. Check out our, our socials so you can follow us to hear more of these stories because we will talk about them again. Uh, we're going to be doing these more frequently. Hopefully, we've got some special ones coming up in the next few months that I'm really excited about. So hopefully, those come to fruition. Some some really cool things. Um, you know, uh, uh, we had a great time. We have been the modern nerd, and thank you for watching.